Hello, everybody, and welcome back. It is time for another episode of the weekly, never weekly, uh, Jack Wagon Sports podcast here on the Jack Wagon Sports Network, uh, coming to you live on our YouTube channel, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, uh, Tesla's everywhere. Uh, we're available. Sounds so professional. <laughs> so let's get it started. Uh, run a little bit late this week because uh, Nick decided to be an asshole. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> let's let's get right into it. Uh, we got a lot to talk about tonight. Uh, started off with some NASCAR. Uh, we had the Darlington throwback weekend. We talked about it a little bit last week. Our favorite schemes. Uh, the race wasn't without a little bit of drama, though. Um, the bump and run came into play. Uh, the timeless move, only fitting for throwback weekend, I think, that it ended with a bump and run. Um, but a lot of fans are upset with Joey Logano, which isn't surprising. I think he could sneeze and people would be upset that he's <laughs> getting them sick. Um, but anyway, we get your guys' thoughts on if you thought it was a really dirty move, um, you know, stuff like that. Whose side are you taking? Are you on Byron's side or on Logano's side? Uh, so I'll let you guys go first. What are your thoughts? And then we can kind of debate this a little bit because I, I have some strong opinions on it. And I think you're, you might be a little surprised by what I have to say, but I'll let you guys go first. So um, I get my answer on this one pretty simple. You, you guys know, especially George knows like how I like my racing and how I like my drivers. Um, I appreciated the move to be a hundred percent honest. First of all, it's, you know, it happens. I wouldn't say every week, but it's happened a couple times, um, whether it's been for the lead or, you know, just for position or whatever, in all kinds of racing this year. Um, in my opinion, it's racing. It's part of the sport. Um, I like it. I think it's good racing. You don't, uh, I put in my notes here to quote it, uh, you don't win races being a little bitch. Um, now, while I do like, you know, I like Byron. Um, he's obviously not driver but i still like him i think he's a good driver so uh no hard feelings against him or anything but you know when you're in a position that you could be um you could get bumped and ran <laughs> you would say that um <laughs> you know you, you got to be prepared for it I, I don't think it was it was dirty uh, obviously i wouldn't sit here and necessarily say that it's clean it's definitely shisty is probably a good good word that i would use <laughs> for it i guess um but nonetheless what like, does that I mean, even mean i don't know i i don't know the exact definition of the word but it sounds like a mix like... between shady and feisty when i think feisty. of that i think of fucking joe burrow we call him joe shisty i don't know what joe the fuck Sh- yeah it was a shisty move this is a <laughs> shisty move like to be honest with you i might have to google it since I'm <laughs> on podcast I'm sitting here fucking calling him a, a gang member and we're like oh shit hey Maybe <laughs> i might be dude um you know, I think it's like one step below shape. You know what I mean? But nonetheless, I liked it. That's the kind of racing that, you know, keeps me tuning in every weekend. So that's- All right, yeah. Slay, what do you think about it? I, I think that obviously it, it was a good throw factor. I also had some money on Logano, so it really worked out <laughs> in my favor. But, um, I about it. but uh, I, I think that. In this situation, I think that William Byron's being a little bit soft because it, it seems as if uh, maybe like earlier in the race, maybe 20, 30 laps earlier when uh, William Byron tried to pass Logano, he got loose in the turn and kind of went up into Logano and Logano kind of scraped the corner coming out of two or four, I forget. And, I think um, it was two, but yeah. And so 
I mean, he he put Logano into the wall a little bit, obviously accidental, but that's that's where it kind of seems like Logano was like, look, he he uh he got into me, so I got into him. Now I understand he he just ran it in there a little fast, but also when you watch the replay, Byron like slowed up way more than he did in any of the other entrances mm-hmm. before getting in that turn. He was like preparing to get hit. Yeah. So yeah, I think there's just kind of like give and take. I mean, I don't think there should be any retaliation. I think that it's just like he hit him a little bit, so he got it back. It just so happens that his cost him the win. Yeah. I mean, to be, I kind of hope there is retaliation just because yeah. I feel for like years. So like, I mean, you think back to like the eighties and nineties, you had Arnhart versus Terry Labonte, Arnhart versus Daryl Waltrip, Arnhart versus Rusty Wallace. You had all these great rivalries and we have been missing that for years. Like Kevin Harvick used to get on everybody's bad side. I mean, in the playoffs last year, we had him versus Chase Elliott, and that was cool until he got knocked out of the playoffs. And we're like, oh, well, I mean, it doesn't really matter what happens the rest of the year now. Mm-hmm. So it'll be cool to see, like, if they just keep going back and forth at each other. Like, it, that's what brings such an exciting element to NASCAR is everybody, I feel like the, the newer crowd of people getting into NASCAR kind of wanted to become like a Formula One or an IndyCar, where it's a lot more technical, where it's, you know, not necessarily everybody has to be nice to each other, but it's a lot less of a wreck fest. And I, I think the crowd's 50, 50, like they want everybody to wreck or they want nobody to wreck. And, <laughs> right. but at the end of the day, like one, the bump and run is like the most iconic move in NASCAR. And like I said, I think it's only fitting that it, that's how throwback weekend ended. Um, so it's not like you can say you're surprised that, especially the God of all people threw that move. Now, a lot of people are like, okay, he ran in there a little too hard. And like you said, but you know, Byron's checking up in the corner. But at the end of the day, I think people are being a little too soft. And listen, I, I know nobody likes Joey Logano and it, he could have taken anybody out in that race. And I think he would be upset with him. Uh, but at the end of the day, like that's, that's what racing is like NASCAR is meant to be a rough contact racing sport. It's not like the Formula One in any car where everything is so technical, where if you touch another car, you're, you know, your day's ruined. Uh, and that's what brings people to want to watch NASCAR. And I, I feel like they're kind of going soft. Like, I mean, I remember years ago, they used to have like the mentality of boys have at it, you know, just go out there and, and do whatever you have to to win. And while I'm not a big fan of Logano, it's like, okay, he has had a not a, a rough year, but he struggled a lot so far this year. And he's like, okay, I see an opportunity here to go win a race. I'm going to go out there and I'm going to do it. I'm going to, you know, if I have to bust his ass, I will. Like, I mean, a lot of people are like, well, if you ran in that hard, you could have just went around him. Like, yeah, okay. And, you know, it would have been cool to see them race side by side to the finish line. But that's just not how it went. And, I mean, the only people who have a right to be upset are Byron fans because their driver got dumped out of the way. And that's understandable. But people who are like, oh, you know, it's just a dirty move and all this other stuff. Literally the move that has defined NASCAR over, you know, like the last yeah. 50, 60 years. I mean, I, I can think back to one of the first races I remember watching was uh, Gordon and Rusty Wallace running to the end of Bristol. And Gordon didn't dump him, but moved Rusty at the track with like five to go. And Rusty's like, oh, I'm going to bust his ass. And I was like, I, I hope you do. Do it. Yeah. And that was like the days when everybody hated Gordon, too. So it's just like, I, I don't like how soft a lot of people are getting. And like. Granted, like I said, Byron and his fans, they have a right to be upset because a win was taken from them, and then I get that. But, I, I mean, fuck it. I hope he retaliates. I hope they go to Kansas this weekend and he dumps them. And then they go to Texas next weekend for the All-Star and Logano dumps them back, and they just keep going back and forth. And we get a really cool rivalry. Um, 
at least something to help keep drawing interest back in because I feel like NASCAR as a whole is starting to hit kind of like a lull and they're, they're stuck between bringing in new fans and the old fans getting fed up with like some stuff and, and just leaving. So it'd be cool if we could add another element, like a rivalry between, especially a young guy like Byron, who's, you know, with new people coming into the sport, they're going to gravitate towards him. And I, th- I think, I, I don't want to say old people are going to like Logano because I feel like either way, like at this point, like they either, they either like him or they don't like him. Yeah. Um, but you know, something like a generational rivalry, I think would be really good for NASCAR right now. And I mean, I don't want them going out there tearing up the race cars because I understand that's a lot of money, especially with the next gen. You don't have a bunch of cars sitting in, you know, the holler. Um, but I hope they, they kind of keep it simmering at least throughout the year. And, you know, we'll, we'll go from there. Um, yeah, either way, it was still a great race. I mean, it was very action-packed. I was flipping back and forth between that golf and the F1 race. The F1 race is boring as shit. Um, they couldn't pass, and that was that was horrible to watch for me. Um, but golf and, golf and racing were pretty entertaining, so I couldn't complain. Uh, moving on, going to update you guys quick on the NHL playoffs. Uh, we have one team locked into the next round already. Not really surprising who it is either. Colorado Avalanche sweep Nashville. Um, again, like I said, no surprise. Uh, they just dominated Nashville all four games. I think Nashville led for like a total of like two minutes the entire series. Uh, so, uh, and I mean, the famous quote came from uh, Calgary's coach. He said, I think he said it like back in like March, and he's like, I don't play Colorado first round. He's like, that's gonna be a waste of eight days, and that's literally what it was. Yep. Um, <laughs> now it'll be interesting to see. I, we've seen it before, where especially when other first round playoff series go a little bit longer. Uh, and, you know, you have the team basically sitting there waiting, um, not that they get rusty or anything, but they the first game, they can kind of come out a little bit sleepy. Um, and so it'd be interesting to see how they respond, especially, you know, waiting for so long to see who they play next. Uh, other series going on, uh, St. Louis and Minnesota are tied or excuse me, St. Louis leads three to two. Uh, they are playing tonight. Uh, L.A. leads. Edmonton three to two as well. They will play tonight. This is on Thursday night. In case you're listening on Friday or Saturday, um, Toronto and Tampa Bay are playing right now. Toronto leads three to two. Uh, they just ended the first period, and Tampa Bay is up one nothing. Uh, Carolina leads Boston three games to two. Uh, that is in the second period, and Boston leads one nothing as we are recording. Um, before I talk about the other series, real quick. Uh, Nick, you were just getting in hockey slate. We're trying to get you in there. You want to, and we're, we're going to get you there. Um, I'm watching. You, you have. Uh, Toronto is known for blowing uh, you know, series leads. I remember, I think the stat came over yesterday. They've won like uh, one series clinching series or series clinching game in like 15 playoff series. Uh, so it's, it's been a long time. And I can't, I, but uh, either way, they always struggle. And now they're leading 3 2. Again, they're losing right now in this game. Uh, do you guys think they hold on or do you think Tampa Bay pulls it off? Sorry. So when we had talked about it before and like who our picks were and stuff like that, I had said the Lightning. So I'm hoping that <laughs> they can win this game and force game seven and, and really. Uh, put it on them i i also need the, the canes to score some points though because i had picked the hurricanes so yeah nick um 
I'm going to say yes, just because now, granted, uh, I could give two shits about who wins this series. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, you know, Game 7 uh, should be back in Toronto, correct? They're playing in Tampa yeah. Bay tonight. Yeah, right? yeah. Um, and I believe I talked about it last week. Uh, you know, that Toronto crowd has been, I don't, I'm not going to throw some word like shicey out there again that I don't know the <laughs> meaning of, um, but has been, you know, very loud, uh, very charismatic. Um, and I think taking game seven there, uh, the way the fans are, the way the energy in the building is, uh, if it makes it to a game seven, I'll put it that way. Um, at least looking like it at this point, but. I think they're going to be able to finally pull it off. Um, now, next series, we'll talk about that probably next <laughs> week. But <laughs> for this one, I, I think they'll pull it off. Um. So yeah, I think it goes back to. I think Tampa Bay wins tonight. Uh, and now that I said that, they're probably going to lose. Um, but I think it goes to. I think it goes back to Game Seven in Toronto. The only thing I worry about there is. They're just going to be like so in their own head and so worried about like, oh, shit, you know, we always lose game sevens like we can't lose this. And it's almost like they're going to try too hard. And I feel like they're going to end up making probably a couple costly mistakes. Um, but I think it's going to be I mean, I love when series go to game seven. Um, so I think it's going to be very, very interesting to watch. If it does go seven, I think I have to take Tampa Bay there just because I worry about the mental. I don't know how to. The, I guess like the, like the superstition, the superstition of of Game Seven to Toronto, how much that'll weigh on their heads. Um, so if it goes seven, I, I'm taking Tampa Bay. Um, moving on, uh, we have two series still going on in the East. Florida had a wild comeback last night uh, to ex- or gain the lead in that series. It was tied two two. Uh, it's heading back to Washington now for Game Six on Friday night. Uh, real quick, Florida close it out, or do you think it goes seven? Close it out, Nick. I want to say because the Capitals have been playing real great, um, but you know, Florida, Florida's always been that team throughout the season, at least that I have watched. Um, that when they needed, you know, close going into the third period, or somebody's you know getting close to them and. Uh, and points, they've always been able to find that next year and do what they needed to do in order to, um, you know, reach whatever goal it is that they were trying to reach. So I do think that Florida is going to close. Yeah, I'm going to go with Florida too uh, in Game Six, just because I think Washington having a three nothing lead in the middle of the second period, and like like it wasn't like the end of the game and they magically tied it up three three. It was the same period, and it was moments later, and they just r- rattled off three goals. And I remember sitting there, I was like, holy shit. And like, I knew Florida was really good at comebacks, but the fact that they just rattled three goals off like that in the playoffs against yeah. a really, really good goalie, uh, I, I think that kind of broke Washington's will a little bit. Um, I think it's going to be a great game. I, I, I think this one goes to overtime again, uh, but I, I, I have Florida winning that. Uh, we have Pittsburgh versus New York. Pittsburgh leads three to two. Um, Sidney Crosby is questionable as of right now for the game tomorrow. Uh, Ricard Raquel is still questionable, and Tristan Jari is still questionable for the Penguins. Um, Slade, you pick New York. Are you are you sticking with that? Do you think they finish the comeback? I uh, unfortunately, I think that if Crosby's out, I think the Rangers are able to come back and win because 
I think that if Crosby's not there tomorrow, the Penguins are going to come out one of two ways. They're going to come out fired up and like ready to like play, and they're going to win like four one or something like that. Mm-hmm. Or they're going to be hoping that Crosby's back for Game Seven, and they're going to kind of play like shit and kind of rest, kind of like not try and get hurt before Game Seven, basically. Mm-hmm. Nick, Which I think. Then sorry, sorry. Then I think oh, the, the Rangers win at home. Yeah, Nick, your thoughts? Uh, uh, that's tough. I mean, you get at least one of those three three guys back. It definitely helps chances, um, especially if that guy is Kim Crosby. The one thing that stuck stuck out to me with the Penguins in this series has been, you know, the veteran leadership that the team has had. And obviously, there's more on that team than just Crosby. But let's mm-hmm. be honest, it's Sidney Crosby. Like. He plays a huge part in that team's success, whether he's, you know, scoring, assisting, or just, like I said, that veteran leadership. Um, so that would be tough. Now, if Jari happens to come back and Crosby's out, um, you know, being at home in Pittsburgh, I definitely think that betters your chances. But at the same time, Jari has played in however long. Um, mm-hmm. Like over a month now. Or, yeah. or I think we're pushing two months now. Yeah, sounds about right. Um, you know, so... Who's to say how that would go? Mm-hmm. Uh, definitely a tough spot for Pittsburgh to be in, but you know they are leading three-two. The next game is at home. Um, you know, again that crowd, uh, especially having you know the team itself and the crowd having playoff experience. Um, not that the Rangers don't, but <laughs> um, you know it definitely. I, I think to Slade's point, I think they're going to come out and say, "Look, you know." If Crosby's not there, or even if Crosby is there, either way, you know we're not letting this go back to New York. We're finishing finishing this right here. Mm-hmm. And New York has shown some some dips uh, in, this year altogether, but especially in this playoff series. So I think if they can catch New York slipping, they're gonna you know pull this out and not let it go back to New York because going back to New York, even if all three of those players come back, um, again Jari not playing in forever. You know, Crosby, I'm sure if he comes back, isn't going to be 100% even by the time they go back to New York. That's just a tough ask. So I, I think they end up closing it out tomorrow to not have to take that game. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm not betting against my boys. I, I will never <laughs> do that. So I am picking Pittsburgh. Um, I really hope we pull it out tomorrow. Even if Crosby doesn't play, I, I really I think Malkin is experienced enough that he knows in that situation that this is when we need you to come out and just take over the game. And he has done that very well. He has struggled with it this season, but he's also been battling a lot of injuries. So I'm really hoping that now that we're in the playoffs, now that he knows the situation, he kind of flipped that switch. I, I never wish for anybody to get hurt, but at the very least, if we do not win this game tomorrow, somebody on New York needs to fuck. I don't want to say, you know, like I don't want them, you know, in the hospital or anything like that, but, the way that they have beat up on our players, you know, they knocked Raquel out the first game. They knocked Crosby out last game. They tried to take Gensel out last game, too. Um, we just need to have a physical answer. I'll put it that, like, and that's the biggest element I think Pittsburgh has been missing for years outside of their defense. Their defense is, at game four, our defense was ridiculous. The first half of game five was outstanding. And then out of nowhere, they just kind of shut down. Jeff Carter started playing like a dipshit. And you know we fall apart and lose that game, but outside of that, like our defense would step up at, at times, is what I'm trying to say. The one constant thing we are always missing is a physical presence. We had Ryan Reeves on our team in 2018, I want to say, 
And then we traded him away to Vegas. And, you know, he went out to Vegas and he he's an enforcer. He's not, you know, he's not a high goal scorer. He's not a flashy guy. He's there to throw his body around. And now he's on New York and that's what he's doing to us. And it, it just it's what we are missing because when guys go at Crosby and, and, you know, at Gensel and at Raquel and at any of our other like flashy skill guys, it's great to have speed and stuff when you can beat teams out the boards and go get those goals. But when teams start throwing the body, you need somebody that can throw it back. And that's just what we don't have. Like I said, I'm not wishing to, to put anybody in a yeah. hospital or anything like that, but we need to have a physical response, especially after a, you know, a bullshit, I will call it a bullshit check. He, you know, threw his elbow in the Crosby set as he's flying past him. And, you know, it, if we're sitting there, we're looking, the NHL is not doing anything about it. The refs aren't doing anything about it. Take a five minute major at this point, it, you drop gloves and go fight or just start throwing your body into them. It, we just need to have a physical response. I'm kind of tired of just watching teams basically bully us. And we just sit there like, oh, well, you know, somebody's hurt, but hey, you know, let's just go out there and, and try and beat them. Like, yeah, I would love to win the game, but how many people need to get hurt before you, you have a response, basically? Yeah. Well, and one thing that I've learned in my experience with sports is now we were always being a smaller school. We were usually the ones that went out there and you know, were the hard hitting ones or whatever. But um, when there was a team, especially a team that was known for being hard hitting and being the bullies, a lot of people think, oh, well, you've got to beat that with speed. Don't let them hit you. Through my experience, I found out if you go out there and smack them in the mouth, they're not used to that. And, you know, they will start to be the ones that you can then get on top of and bully. So I definitely think I, I definitely agree with you. You need yeah. to go out there. Even if you go out the first minute and maybe don't body check somebody, but you just drop gloves and start punching the shit out of somebody. Like, <laughs> let them know that you're not going to let them walk away. Yeah. George. Uh, yes. So quick question. When it comes to the Penguins, I know it's not going to matter whether it's a dollar or a hundred dollars that you're betting against them, that you're going to be screaming at the TV no matter what the money mm-hmm. amount is. Oh, yeah. But... Say you had to bet $500 tomorrow, whether it goes to Game 7 or not. It doesn't mean that the Penguins lose Game 7. Who would you? Who do you think gives you the best opportunity to get your money back? I will always bet on the Penguins. Even if, even if like, say they say tomorrow, like, I don't know, Malcolm's not going to play for the first part because he twisted his ankle in, in uh, warm-ups. <laughs> I, I think, like I said, I, th- I think we're at the point where... You take the loss in the money just to keep the fandom. <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah, I will never, ever bet against one of my own teams. Unless, like, we go into, like, say I was, like, a, a, a fan of, like, a Division two school, and they were going down to play Alabama. At that point, I'm like, oh, shit, we ain't, we ain't fucking yeah. winning that. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, no. It, there's enough experience on this team that they understand, okay, we need to step up. Uh, Gensel is arguably just as good as Crosby, um, especially with, and Crosby hasn't really showed his age, especially in this playoffs, but um, he's scored in every single game so far. And I just kind of knock on wood there. Um, We definitely have the team behind him to carry it. Like we have, we have played without Crosby before. Um, You know, Raquel has been out basically the whole series. He went out the first period of the first game. Uh, You know, Jari's been out. If we can play the defensive hockey that we just played in game four, in the first half of game five, we're set. We're good. Um, you know, like I said, and I, I believe in our, our goal scorers because Crosby is, he, yeah, he sets up a lot of our goals. He has a, a shit ton of assists. Um, but I, I think lines two and three, if we can take Carter from line three down to line four, and he's played 
really good at times in this in the series. It's just halfway through game five last night, he just decided, you know what, uh, I want to keep playing hockey, so I'm just gonna fuck everything up first, basically. Um, I so much. <laughs> uh, it's almost like watching Bobby Boucher out there, like uh, when he's in the water boy, he like throws a ball to the other team, and he's yeah, like, yeah. I just want to tackle him, and it's like. Can he fucking not? <laughs> like, do that against Carolina or Boston. Whoever we play next, I don't give a shit. Just don't do it right now, please. Um, I think that this game, um, one way or the other, whether win or lose, whether it goes to game seven, um, whatever the situation ends up being at the end of the series, uh, tomorrow night's game is going to, I don't want to say define, because, like, you've obviously played a whole season and there's more to a franchise than, you know, one year or one series, but. This is going to def- define, for the lack of a better word, this team and really show, you know, who they are, and whether, again, whether win or lose. Because at this point, even though they're up 3-2, you're back into a corner. Yeah. And you're either going to fight your way out of it or you're going to walk away with your joke. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but, yeah, no, I'm, I'm taking the Penguins tomorrow night no matter what. Um, another reason, another reason, real quick, I think that we lost um, – so Monday night, I was building furniture during the game. I, did, I didn't watch. I literally turned I turned the TV on and New York scored and Christian had money on the game. And so he texted me. He's like, turn it fucking off. Don't don't. He's like, I was like, OK. Um, Thursday, it was perfect because Wednesday night, we were supposed to get more furniture delivered. And I was like, OK, perfect. I'll go put that together during the game. It's like a repeat of Monday. I got home from football practice on Wednesday and Hannah, I put the furniture together. I was like, No. And then we jumped out to nothing. I was like, oh, okay, maybe it's okay. And then, yeah, then I turned the game on. And maybe that's, I just can't watch the game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sit in the garage, drink yeah. a beer. Which Hannah would like if I didn't uh, turn the game on because she doesn't like when I yell at the TV. Uh, and Rook doesn't either. <laughs> she, she doesn't mind. She will literally lay there and just sleep. She'll just look at me. She, she finds it really weird when I set off the goal horns and she's like, the fuck is that noise? Like, <laughs> uh, real quick, the last series uh, going on still is the Calgary Flames and Dallas Stars. Uh, Calgary picked up a huge win last night. Uh, they now lead 3-2. to two. That goes back to Dallas for Game 6. Real quick, your picks. Slade, you first. I picked the Stars at the beginning, so I'm hoping that they can get it done these next two games. <laughs> Nick? Uh, flames. Yeah, I'm going Flames, too. Um, it was funny. <laughs> There's this guy I've seen on TikTok, and he does like a lot of... like. Uh, I, I, he, he did like a lot of football videos during the season, and he's like, This play just absolutely had me for fuffled. I don't know if you've seen those videos, but that's, that's the way he talks. I don't, yeah, I didn't see the one that you're referring to, but I know. Who you're uh, but he was, he's like, uh, the NBA uh, was, was off, uh, so I just flipped it over. I was watching hockey, and he's like, He was watching the Stars Flames game, and he's like, They showed fans in the stand, and they, the Flames fans had like fucking like red hair and like all this weird shit. He's like, What the fuck is this? <laughs> and he's like, all right, now we got some action. He was like, break. And I thought that was absolutely hilarious. Um, <laughs> but nonetheless, uh, we will keep you updated on that next week. Uh, and all the series will be wrapped up by the next time they come back. So it should be interesting. Uh, Nick, why don't you update us on the NBA playoffs, buddy? Yes, sir. So I got to make sure I don't. Oh, I'm, I'm sorry. Slade, this is your topic. Why don't you update oh, us on the NBA playoffs? Time. I'm just so used to you talking about the NBA all the time. I was like, oh, this is I was topic. like, I mean, sure, I'll do it. <laughs> I didn't put it there, but all right. So um, in the West, it's basically like we had said at the beginning. It's uh, been the Warriors and Celtics who have been really showing off, but 
The Bucks actually are up on the Celtics right now after last night's game, 3-2. And then the Warriors are still up 3-2, but they got blown out by, I don't know, 35 last night. Without so, John Morant, too. Yeah. Just, right, uh, right, right. I don't know what the hell that was. There was, there was a point where they were, uh, they were playing a song and Draymond Green was <laughs> singing with the fans and stuff. Because, I mean, you know, at the beginning of the fourth quarter when they're already down by 20, they took their starters out and they're just sitting on the sidelines. But I mean, I, I don't know. I, what do you guys, do you guys think that the Celtics and Warriors are still the top two to come out of that side? Or do you think that Milwaukee, I mean, actually, I think that you guys had said whoever comes out of Milwaukee and Milwaukee and Celtics. Yeah. Uh, just re- the, real quick. Yeah. I was going to say, uh, oh, Milwaukee the East, the East. Sorry, 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 sorry. Yeah. My bad. My bad. Um, you just happen to pick one. team. Now I am still taking, I don't I think so right now I'm seeing sons, um, Warriors in the next round. Mm-hmm. I th- I th- Memphis played really great without John Morant in the last game. I don't think they can replicate that performance. Um, Even if they could, I mean, they dropped like well, yeah, they I, put together a good game and dropped like one twenty. The Warriors don't drop under a hundred very. <laughs> yeah, uh, even if they do it, you know, say two games in a row. I, I, I mean, it'd be really hard. But I, I again, I don't see that happening I mean, three games in a row. Twice, you could. <laughs> I, I, might, I mean, it's not <laughs> impossible, but. Uh, at some point, I think the Warriors get it together. Um, and so, yeah, I, I think the Suns Warriors is going to be a great series. Uh, I might actually watch that. Um, I think Boston had it. They had it in the bag last night. Weren't they up by like 20 or maybe even more than that? And then they yeah. blew it. Um, so I don't know. I think that might have been a little backbreaking. So it'll be, if they can respond and push it to seven games, then I'm going to take Boston. Um, but if, I think Milwaukee might have broken their spirit a little bit with that that, that comeback. Uh, Boston had a chance to take the series lead, heading. No, I'm sorry. I think they're going back to Milwaukee now uh, for yeah. Game yeah, Six. They are. Yeah. Um. So Milwaukee at home, I think that's gonna be really tough with a chance to close out the series. Um. So I mean, we I think the Bucks continue to defend their championship, and Philadelphia and Miami have not really impressed me. Um. So Miami's I, I, leading. And they're getting ready. To, if they went tonight, they close the series out. Yeah. Um, but either way, like, I, I haven't been. Jimmy Butler is, is playing like a god in, in the playoffs. I think that I just saw a graphic. He is like third all time in um, points per game uh, for at least two series for the Heat in franchise history. Um, and he's only like 0.4 points per game off of Dwayne Wade in second. Um but I, I don't see him being able to carry that team past Milwaukee. Milwaukee just has so much depth and so much experience this deep in the playoffs. Uh, great, great conference finals nonetheless, even if it's Celtics, Heat, whatever. Um, but I'm taking Milwaukee, and I'm, I'm still going to stick with the Warriors, I think. I think their experience would just over overpower the, the Suns. Yeah, I definitely um, – this Suns-Mavericks – series i believe i touched on a little bit last week um has been every bit of exciting even though the scores might not necessarily indicate it but um there's a little rivalry brewing between uh devin booker and luka Doncic, so that's pretty exciting to watch um mavericks at home you know we'll see how luka responds i believe i think was this past game the other night he did not have that good of a game um but yeah again milwaukee in Milwaukee for the season, the series clincher. Um, Giannis continues to do what Giannis does. Uh, I was watching the game, I think it was 
Yeah, because the other one was last night. So not not um, last night's game, but the game before that that they played. And again, Boston plays great defense, but there's not a whole lot you can do about Giannis. I mean, he was taking fast breaks down the court, and like I don't even necessarily want to call it a euro step. He just stepped slightly farther with his left leg at one point and was just past <laughs> it. Down. It's Giannis. There's not a whole lot you're gonna do. Um, you know, obviously they've found ways to contain him enough, but it's more about containing the people around him. And what's impressive about the Bucks is they're doing it without Chris Middleton, you know, which obviously is a huge, was a huge piece in their title run last year. But they've definitely stepped up. Grayson Allen, as much as I hate the guy, <laughs> has played really well in this series. So I, at this point, the way it sits, I don't see um, Boston coming back. I am rooting for him. Not that, you know, I, not that I don't like the Bucks. I'm not huge on repeat champions. So. Yeah, I would. I would still like to see Boston win. I just, I think with the heartbreaking way they lost last night, with having such a big lead, blowing it. Yeah. And like I said, now going back to Milwaukee, I just, again, not impossible. I just think it's gonna be very tough. Yeah. And as much as I see, like, like I think Tatum, really the whole team deserves it. Um, you know, they're all hard workers. They've all put up with you know some shit over the past couple years. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, like. If I, if I get have to watch anybody repeat as champions, I am glad if it happens that it'll be Giannis because I actually seen a video on Instagram today of when he was like 16 years old, um, you know, back when they called him the kid from Greece and like just seeing that and to where he's at now, like he came into the league scrawny as hell, you know, people mm-hmm. like, oh yeah, he's big and he's talented, but he's pretty skinny and now he's just dominant. Like it, it's definitely um, great to see and I'm sure when as much as i'm a lebron fan once he's out of the league and you know everybody stops talking about him it'll definitely be Giannis, you know kind of taking over that role like go ahead try to stop me yeah he's on the same team i think we talk long enough so they can talk now oh no sorry 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 i i think that like you said nick that the celtics have have a really good roster of young guys and everything. And, and so it, it doesn't, it's not like something that you wouldn't like to see to see the Bucks to be able to get back to the finals and possibly repeat. Uh, one thing I have to say is I've lost every dollar that I put on Jason Tatum. This dude is the worst. <laughs> like he's supposed to be the best guy on their team and he has just underperformed except for the last two games. He's the last two games are the first time he scored 30 points in the series. Like Jalen Brown has been outplaying him every game. Which is I just, I don't know if that's... Week, it was, it was going to depend on whose defense held the other star, and obviously Milwaukee's been doing a better job. Right, right. And the other thing is, George, I think someone that you can put in there with that book it with Trent guy or whatever is Charles Barkley. They asked him on oh, the I would, thing. Oh my God, I would never listen to anything he had to tell they, me. They asked him the other day, they said, who do you think's the better athlete, Anthony Davis or Giannis? And he said Anthony Davis, oh and Shaq's God. like, roll the clip. And it just <laughs> it shows Giannis like just Char- freaking. You could ask everyone. Charles Barkley what color this cup is, and if it was between orange and red, I would put a million dollars on red, knowing he was gonna say orange. But but listen to this part. So it was like a video, and they did like two different ones. So like the one that they showed during like the part that they were talking about it, it showed a couple of good plays from Anthony Davis, and then they showed one later, and they were like. So this is the other one that we didn't air, and it was Anthony Davis sitting on the bench, and Shaq's like, here's where he was most of the season. 
Yeah, so, no, yeah. that's it's listen, I don't watch the NBA and I know that's a bullshit take. Yeah. Um, but Giannis was just one MVP like two years ago. Uh, yeah. Anthony Davis can't even make it through 10 games without getting hurt. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's the best center of the league. And has yeah, been no, it's yeah, that's wow. Yeah, so Fucking, he should hire me. I think the Heat are gonna lock it up tonight. They're up by 13 right now. Yeah, I'm going into the fourth quarter. Fuck here. Philly. So, we're putting that on. Yeah. Oh, oh fuck yeah, we are. <laughs> I saw a guy that had a filthy shirt on with the. It said filthy with the ph, and then it just had the. Uh, the <laughs> I Eagles need that logo. Yeah, I gotta find that. I don't. I don't even need the Eagles logo. I just want that in general. Yeah. But that is your NBA playoff update. Uh, Slate has a little interesting tidbit here for us to talk about. Uh, one of the. Best video games of all time, in my opinion. Uh, video game franchises. I'll put it that way. One of the best video game franchises uh, is getting ready to make its return in August of 2023. Um, so I'll let you set up the debate here. Yeah, so NCAA football is coming back to video game format, and it's been gone since 2014. So, I mean, the big question is, are they going to do some sort of like thing where they include all of like the past Heisman winners or the wh- whatever the deal is, you know, like it's kind of, they haven't really come out with any specifics yet, but what team or teams do you think should grace the cover on the first year back? Um, so the way I, th- I think they should do it is, I mean, basically the same way Madden does it is you have like the regular edition standard and then do like maybe like a legacy edition. And, um, but I know, I think before too. Uh, I, I don't know if Madden still does this. You can play as like classic teams. Like yeah, I could load up Madden and play as like the '85 Bears. I don't know if they still do that or stop. Um, but I, I say do that for both editions. Like, hey, you can go back and play as like the 2019 ti- LSU Tigers or something like that. Um, but the way I think they should do it, and I think Madden should, should start doing this as well. Is have a cover vote and you can vote for who do you think should be on like the legacy edition, who you think should be on the starter edition. I think it should be Madden did that for like two, three years. And yeah. I was going to say, I, I think the last time I remember them doing it was like Madden 25. Cause I remember they made like a huge deal about it because they had like, you could pick like Barry Sanders or you could pick like, they're like a newer player. Yeah, yeah. And I think they put one of each, like they put them both on the cover together. Um, but that's why I think Madden should go back to doing that. I think that's what NCAA should do. And hey, we could either have like the national championship winning team, we could have the Heisman winner, or just like the overall fan vote winner. Um, because even before like when the game was still going on, it was weird. Like one year they would have the Heisman winner, the next year just be some random play. Like Denard Robinson got on the cover, and everybody's like, Oh, he's the most electric player. I'm like, he's he's not though, he's dog shit. That's why Michigan loses all their games and <laughs> He's not winning the Heisman, um, but that's that's the way I would do it. Is I would just Notre have it up Dame to a fan. fan. <laughs> uh, I'm an Oregon fan. Thank you. Um, but yeah, uh, that I just think a fan vote's the best way to do it, especially like the first time back. I mean, after that, like I said, maybe just have the Heisman win every year or something like that. Um, but I really wish Madden would go back to a fan vote, and I, I think that's just the best way to do it. Let's just do it. Joe Burrow on the front cover, Saquon's quad on the back. <laughs> Nick, what do you think? Yeah, so um, I, I also agree that we should do a fan vote, but 
if we're not doing a fan vote. Um, I like the idea of like picking one representative from every year since I guess it'd be technically 2015 on if we did 2014. Um, and obviously like whatever guy you picked for last year's season, put him in front or whatever. Um, you know, and because to be honest, like we've missed out on all those years. Um, there's plenty of athletes. Like as a Penn State fan, I know like when Saquon graduated, it was like people would that was kind of around the same time that people started begging them to make NCAA football again. And I heard about like Saquon on the front and shit like that. And like, I think it would be good because, you know, these players, um, you figure like uh, before 2015, when the game was still out, uh, you know, though it wasn't necessarily like a career accolade that people thought about um, the same way it is for NFL players. Like it was an honor to be on the cover. Um, and there were players who obviously could have been on that missed out. So I feel like that would be cool. Again, I think the fan vote is the best way. However, if they don't happen to go that way, let's be honest, over the last eight years, um, it's basically been Alabama's league minus a few years here and there. So um, I, I kind of feel like they might end up going that way. Part of me would like to see Joe Burrow because I love the dude, <laughs> but obviously, you know, two years ago, so I doubt that'll happen. All right, Slay, what do you think? I, I had a different approach. I think that it's too hard for them to pick between the last, would you say, Nick, eight years that they've missed out on the game. Yeah, I, I mean, think they put Lee Corso. I think they put Lee Corso on the front cover, Please and they don't. just do this phenomenal Please. intro video of all of the last eight years of, like, the best guys. Like the Alabama teams, Deshaun Watson's, Clemson's teams, uh, yeah. like Joe Burrow, LSU, different different things like that. But yeah, I think that it would be really cool if they got Lee Corso on the front cover with like I don't know the Alabama or whatever. Just yeah, I just I think hope, it would be cool. I really hope when it, it like when it comes back. Uh, I remember like in I think it was through twelve they did it. Like they had a college game day like pre show before like. Any game you played or whatever, and like Corso, like put on the headgear or whatever. Like even if they don't bring like that specific part, like the headgear part back, like the pregame show before you played was like dope as hell. I really missed that. Like that was really cool. Um, so I kind of that, that that's the one thing I, I hope that they they bring back when they they finally launch this next year. Which... And the mascot game. Because of... <laughs> just a drunk place of mascot games, dude. <laughs> yeah, no. The, the Stanford trees are the worst. You can't see where the ball's at. <laughs> it just, yeah, it just like appears and absorbs yeah. back into them. Yeah. Oh my. Uh, moving on. Uh, we still got a lot to talk about here. Uh, we have a great weekend ahead at the AT&T Byron Nelson tournament down there in Texas. Um, Sc- Scotty Scheffler's a favorite. Uh, Nick, why don't, why don't you tell us all about it? You you read so much and copied and pasted it from so many websites. So you tell us all about it here, buddy. The first, line, oh, that's a rough. That's a rough lineup. Yeah. Here we go. The cops are probably knocking on my door already. <laughs> but uh, yes. Oh, uh, so, that's not proper MLA format. Yeah. Um. So anyway, uh, again, like George said, Scotty Scheffler is the favorite to win the tournament, as I feel like he is in every tournament he's played. <laughs> at least that I started watching golf. Um, but a lot, a lot of people might not know, Scotty Scheffler and Jordan Spieth both uh, made their tour debuts at the AT&T Byron Nelson in Texas. Um, so my question to you guys is, with Scheffler being the favorite to win, 
uh, how many strokes, if, if Scheffler and Spieth were going head-to-head, nobody else is in the field, what do you think that the spread should be uh, between Scheffler and Spieth? And do you think that uh, come the end of the weekend, Spieth has a chance of not necessarily winning the tournament, but placing better than uh, I'll go. I'll go first. Uh, I'm gonna give Spieth plus two and a half would be the spread, and I would take that. Um, I honestly think Spieth is gonna place higher than Scheffler this week, or I think tied or tied or higher. Um, and this, uh, I mean, I think Scheffler has probably one of the best mental games right now. He has no reason to be, you know, doubting himself. Um, he just went out. I think he played last week at the, the Southern Hills in Oklahoma and shot a 64 in his practice round. Um, so it's not hey, it's not like he's rusty or anything like that. I just think, if anything, he's just going to be kind of not necessarily taking it easy, but he's not going to be super aggressive. He's like, listen, I've, I've already won the Masters. Um, I don't need to put myself in any situation where I end up, you know, having to get hurt because I am doing too much to try and, and win this tournament. Um, again, I think that Pedder and him will have him at least push a little bit for the win. Uh, but if it comes down to it, um, you know, Spieth is really trying to keep himself on track. I think this is the first time he played since he won the RBC in, mm-hmm. in South Carolina. Um, so he wants to keep that momentum going, especially going into a major. Uh, so I see him, you know, pushing a little bit harder, taking a couple risks, uh, you know, trying to cut out, you know, a dog leg or something like that. Um, whereas I think Sheffler is going to play just a little bit safer. Um, you know, focus on like, okay, hey, I might find myself in this situation next weekend. This is how I want to play it. You know, kind of thinking ahead um, a little bit more. And I, I think that's going to leave if they were playing head to head, like the, the score mattered. Well, I mean, it matters, but um, like if it was like a match play per se, I, I, I think I would have Spieth ahead just this week. I, I think next week, it, I mean, we'll talk about it leading up. I, I'm going to take Scheffler next week. Uh, but uh, yeah, this week I'm taking Spieth. Yeah, I think just like George said, I think I, I speak for some reason just because it's Texas. I don't know. He he always plays really good in Texas. So I think that this week at this tournament, I have them both tying for like fifth-ish because Scheffler's just for some reason doesn't find himself out of the top five recently. Um, What's so special about dumb old Texas? Yeah, but I think Scheffler also played for Texas but yeah, he did. in college. But um, yeah, so I, I think that any other course – I think Scheffler beats him by like four or five strokes. But I think that this weekend, in terms of what you're talking about, I think that Spath has the upper hand. I think that he either wins or ties. I think that he takes third or fifth. and I think that Scheffler's at fifth. So, yeah, like George said, probably like plus one and a half, plus two, something like that. What do you yeah, think? Yeah, I definitely um, – I, I thought this question would get a little more disagreement, but we're all three pretty much on the same page. <laughs> I gave him two and a half, um, and like George said, I would take that. Um, I thought the same thing, you know, big tournament coming up. Scheffler hasn't played you know, competitively on the tour in a little while. Like George said, might take it easy. Um, and Spieth's always one of those people, like, he's going to live or die by the way he plays golf. You know, so, uh, Sorry, my, my dog just head-butted the desk. <laughs> She's telling you it's bedtime. Yeah. <laughs> Obviously, you know, like, he could miss some of those shots, but it is what it is. Um, yeah, I definitely think like you. I, I think Speed personally is going to do is going to play higher. I don't think he's going to end up tying. But um, 
just a little. I don't know what it was at the end of the round, uh, but tied. 15. Were they tied? I was going to say, yeah, they're tied for 11. So I didn't have to look before we started. Yeah, I mean, like, if you would have said, if this tournament happened before the Masters, I would have taken Sheffer all day. And not just because, like, I knew, like, Sheffer was going to go. It just, Spieth was playing horrible. Even, I think, he did he miss? Yeah, he missed the cut at the Masters. Yep. Um, And I I don't know what it was about the RBC. Maybe it was just, you know, the the light field or, you know, whatever you want to say about that. Um, But, Regardless, winning a tournament you know, gives you a lot of confidence, especially going head-to-head against Patrick Cantley. Um, so I think that helped helped a lot. And like I said, I just think more so for him, it's, okay, I, I need to keep playing really good golf. I need to keep building momentum. And again, I don't think Sheffer's taking the weekend off. I mean, if he's there you know, with a chance to go for the win, uh, he's going to go for it. Like you said, it's 500 FedEx Cup points. Yeah, you know, he's... It's his home he's, state. He's honing his yeah. yardage for next week. Yeah. yeah. They, I just think more so than anything, he's like, okay. Uh, he's just envisioning where he's at right now. Like, okay. And especially after playing the course already for the PGA Championship. He's, I think, just more so. Which, me- why is that allowed? Well, uh, I, I guess. Tiger got to do it too, but it's just weird, you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, but I, I think just more so he's going to be thinking about next week a little bit more and preparing. Whereas I think Spieth's like, Okay, I, I need to keep playing well. I need to keep a momentum, keep feeling good about my game. You know, going into the next week, um, that's I, I. That's why I just think Spieth is going to have the advantage. So that is our debate on that. Um, one last thing while we're talking about the, the tournament, uh, let, let me get your predictions on who you think the final pairings will be, uh, and who do you think is going to win the tournament? Slade, real quick, who, who do you got? So the final pairing, I think, is going to be the Munoz guy that blew out to like a six-shot lead earlier in the morning and then ended up catching up to him. And so he has a four-shot lead. I think him and possibly Schwartzel, maybe Ortiz, I think that they have really good moving day. But yeah, I, it's just kind of hard because you, you don't really see like, a, I think Matsuyama's the closest like big name guy that we've talked about, like when we had just the golf podcast that's up there, you know, mm-hmm. what do you think? Uh, I am going to take, I'm going to take DJ uh, just cause he's at home. Uh, I know another, I think he's from Texas. I might be wrong on that. Um, <laughs> but either way, he's been, he is another one that's been playing really good lately. Uh, I think he's another golfer that wants to go out there and build up momentum and confidence in his game going into a major. Um, so I think come Sunday he's going to be in the in the final pairing, and I'm going to go Cage Lee. I, <laughs> I know it's not an open, but he had a really good day today. He eagled twelve. Um, I think he's getting into the groove of his game. So I'm just pulling a name out of the hat. I'm going to go Cage Lee, winner. Uh, let's see who do I have in fantasy this week? I'll just pick one of them. Dustin <laughs> Johnson's from South Carolina. Went to Coastal. That's that's what it, I don't know why I thought he was from Texas. I knew that too, um, because I went to Coastal Carolina for a football game, and everybody talks about him down there. Um, I'll take DJ. Screw it. Like it. Just got married. Yeah. Just like you. Why not? To, to a to a Gretzky. Ooh. Yeah, he he married Wayne Gretzky's daughter. Yeah, no, no that's right. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's right. He, he married Wayne Gretzky's daughter. Out of boy, check, check out yeah. the pictures. <laughs> Talk about that. 
Um, I'm going to go with, uh, I do agree with one of Slade's picks, not just because he's on my favorite team, but um, <laughs> Schwartzel, again, you know, I said about when I was picking him. He hasn't done me wrong lately. He's been putting together some good golf. And quite honestly, I think the people sitting at one through six, while they've played some good golf, obviously that's why they're up in the top six right now, aren't necessarily used to being there. Um, and when you look, you know, at seven and beyond, Schwartzel's there, uh, Matsuyama's 12th, Johnson's 12th, uh, you know, there's Speed's at 12th, Scheffler's at 12th. There's some big names right behind them, uh, you know, obviously that are going to be putting the pressure on. So, you know, I'm not saying that they can't, you know, hold it together and pull it out. That's just a lot of pressure to be under. Um, and obviously, we've seen all these guys uh, the past couple tournaments. You know, they might not be up there after day one, might not even be up there after day two. But a lot of these bigger name guys, they're up in the power rankings and up in the you know FedEx Cup rankings because they know how to play not just on Thursday but Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Um, so I'm going Schwartzel and I'm going to go Thomas just because I, I didn't when I when George said about this I wasn't going to pick Thomas, but I did like the way um, we talked about it before the show. He was plus two after the front nine and ended the day minus four. So definitely finding his confidence again and also. Uh, as far as winner, winner's tough. Winner's tough. Um, I'll go with Thomas just because he's my favorite brand. Yeah, for, like the reason it was so hard for me to, I just went with DJ. Is like, it's so hard to tell. Like, come Sunday, how many guys are gonna be like, okay, listen, I played really well this weekend. Like, unless I feel like unless they're in that position, like the top six, I would say, to go out there and win. Like, how many of them are okay? Like, let's just start thinking about next week. Kind of like I said with Sheffield, like, okay, you know, just thinking about the shots and, and preparing themselves for next week. Um, that's why I feel like pre-major tournaments are just so hard to predict. Yeah. Um, but so that is our predictions for the 18C, Byron Nelson. Uh, now on to our top five uh, for this week. Um, a little fun one here. We have the top five worst fan bases and why. And why do you think? They're the worst. Uh, Slade, let's have you go first. What What is your top five and why? Um, I wouldn't so... be if we all have the same top one. Or at least <laughs> <George> and I. <laughs> no, I think my number one is going to surprise you. So I'm going to go with Duke as one of them, and I think that's just because they, I don't know, I just feel like at their games, they're like guys halfway on the court and stuff like that, just, just really being they're assholes. They're like the obnoxious right? high school that you go right. to. Like, <laughs> Right, like, I mean, it's just ridiculous. I, I think in terms of, like, what I've seen on TV and stuff like that, it seems like the Yankees fan base is pretty douchey. Um, even though I grew up watching the Yankees and stuff like that, it just, in terms of, like, the people at the stadium and stuff like yeah. that, it just seems like that would be the case. So I'd pick them. Um, I got to go with, uh, I, I, I think that they're funny now, but my entire life I've thought that the Bills fan base has just been, ridiculous <laughs> um them along with the patriots i think are both i mean the patriots have all the wins so it's just like ah oh, fuck them but yeah the bills were just ridiculous for no reason right right squirting yeah, mustard at they're, that they're guy. Just, yeah they're just over the top breaking yeah. breaking fuck you can't even find a folding table anywhere near which i mean oh, to be fair to them like when your team sucks you got to entertain yourself somehow but right now that they're true. getting better it's like they're like oh well we already do this why not just keep going yeah, yeah. That, that's why I cut them. Why stuff, not yeah. stack two tables on top of each other? Yeah, right. Like, yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm. 
Yeah, and so then I, I think that my last one probably would have to be the Los Angeles Lakers, just because, fuck them. They were my honorable mention. What about I you, I didn't Nick? even realize how bad it was, right. but like like I said, being a LeBron fan, like, and just seeing and hearing the Lakers community. was. All right, Nick, what do you got for your top five and why? All right, so top five, I didn't pick a team for this one. Um, Number five is Tom Brady. Sorry, Mike, if you're listening. Um, but the amount of, oh, I love the Patriots. Of course, they're winning all these Super Bowls, and then Tom Brady leaves. And, oh, oh, you know, the, the Patriots are still my favorite team, but now I root for the Bucs. Like, when I was, a LeBron, like, like I said, a LeBron fan, like, you know, I'd never be like, I thought the Lakers were my favorite team again until I found out how the fan base was. I was like, I'm not being a part of that. Um, <laughs> You know, but I never once was like, like, I'd wear Miami hats when he was with Miami, but that's because that's who I watch. But, like, or Tom Brady fans are just on a different level. It's yeah. Ridiculous. Um, number four, I have Duke fans. I'm a UNC fan, so fuck the Duke fans anyway. Um, but like you said, and like I said, they're the obnoxious high school team that you go to that's, like, flashing you their ass while you're shooting a free throw. Um, and, th- like... Losing is a part of the sport, and I have never once in my life seen an entire group of fans cry so much when they lose a game. Like, I, the players and, like, the parents, maybe a couple fans here or there, I can understand, but the entire fan base, like, I don't know, whatever, nonetheless. Number three, I have uh, Pittsburgh, specifically Steelers fans. Uh, I was going to say, listen here, bitch. Yeah, yeah specifically Steelers fans on this one. Um like, I I don't understand where their confidence comes from. You could literally show somebody a top 10 list, and the Steelers player could be number 10. He's like, yeah, that's why he's the best in the league. Like, how does that make sense? <laughs> and they're like, I agree, no, I, I agree with you, yeah. Yeah, they're throwing random statistics at you. They're like, well, when the first down marker was on this yard line, like, bro, what are you talking about? Like, ridiculous. <sighs> anyway, number two, um, again, a rival team, but I have balance points back to Dallas fans, which I feel like are the same as Duke fans. I probably could have just listed one of them and been fine with it. Um, you know, everybody knows the, oh, this is our year, yada, 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 first round play. Shut up, dude. I told you this 10 years ago. And number one, this is for every sport because if you're from the area or from around the area, you just root for the team that is from that city, whether it's the fucking arena football league or the hockey team the football team you could be from jersey you're still gonna root for him it's fucking philly you know fuck philly isn't just a just a fun thing that we say on the show the fans are idiots um, they're obnoxious they had to grease fucking the light poles in philly when they won the super bowl i mean people were flocking over from jersey like it's just it, it's a shithole with like other shitholes around it and everybody just congregates and does dumb shit. Like, I hate it. I hate it. I, I told the story to you guys before, haven't said it on the show. I went to Philly one time on a class field trip, was trying to find the damn museum, stopped and asked this random guy for directions, just random guy outside of, like, a, a strip mall. And with the most confidence I've ever heard anybody answer a question about directions in my life, he said, yeah, keep going straight down this road and you'll get to it. We go down this road. Two minutes later, we're across the bridge in fucking Jersey. I've never been so pissed in my life. <laughs> hate it. Hate, all hate, right. hate fans all of them. 
Well, there's Slade and Nick's top five. Uh, Got me heated up on 9.30 <laughs> on a Thursday. Here we go with mine. Uh, I got two honorable mentions. Um, the first, it, I'm going to go with Browns fans, and, and here's why. Three years ago, I would not have put them on this list. Two years ago, I wouldn't have put them on this list. Um, the, the fan base has just been through the, the most horrible shit ever, and nothing I would wish on my worst enemy. Um, they finally get some, some good teams. They just missed the playoffs the one year. Uh, yeah, I think they no next year they completely missed the playoffs and then they finally made the playoffs and, and won. Um, just how quickly they turned on Baker Mayfield, uh, how, and I, and, and I get it. Once you get a taste of winning, you want to keep getting it. And, and I 100% understand that. And it, it the reason I had them in honorable mentions, and it's not all their fans. Like you and I, we we, we see Jesse and Reflogs tweets all the time and um, on Twitter, and it's just like some of the Browns fans have common sense. Like, hey, you know, we really shouldn't be doing this, or you know, this player's bad, this player's good, or you know, hey, we just need to keep building. The the rest of the Browns fans, they lose one game and they think the world's ending now. All of a sudden, they're like, oh, we're going back to 0 16 or 0 17 teams, and it's just like. The, the sheer panic, it's like, damn, like, just calm down a little bit. Yeah. Uh, but the, the whole Baker Mayfield overall, just how quickly they turn on him. And listen, he played hurt, and I get it. He wasn't playing great. And I understand that's really frustrating as a fan to watch. I'm a fucking Bears fan. I understand how frustrating it is to watch shitty quarterbacks. I've watched them all my goddamn life. I watched Rex Grossman throw away a goddamn Super Bowl, okay? I don't want to hear your shit about being upset about Baker, Baker Mayfield, okay? Rex. Get the fuck over it. Get into it. Yeah. Um, so th- again, it's not all Browns fans, and that's why they're an honorable mention. Uh, just the way they, like I said, they just act like the sky is falling over every little thing and just overreact. Uh, my other honorable mention is USC fans. Holy shit! And I probably should have had them in the top five. Do they are they entitled? A- after winning nothing for the past fucking ten years, they went they won I think one Pac ten title, Pac twelve. Excuse me. I think we talked about that in one of one of our episodes, and we might have. Maybe but, not necessarily the fans, but just the general like. It's just every year it's like they have the second coming of Jesus, and it's like, listen, when your team is really good, I will respect that. That's fine. But every year they come in like, oh, we're we're, we're going to run the Pac-12 this year. We're going back to the Natty. And it's like you're fucking not. You have like, nothing not even in the preseason and I, top twenty-five. No, and I, I don't know if I, they are this year, but well, it, it hasn't come out yet. But it's like, I don't think fucking Lincoln Riley is the answer either. You and I talked about this. I think that that. That whole situation out there is just a death trap for careers. Yep. And maybe he is the guy to turn around. And if he is, I will take back every every bad thing I said about him. Um, but just the way he left and the way that fan base already is like, oh, it's over. You know, you, you might as well not even, you know, try and that's compete. Like, all this other shit. It's like, just win something and then run your mouth. Okay. That, yeah, that's They're like helping, like being the second person. So like if there's a relationship and you break that relationship up by cheating with one of those people. And then yeah. you start to date that person. And you're like, oh, my God, we're going to be together forever. Like, you're a fucking moron. Yeah. Um, anyway. But, I mean, growing up in a Notre Dame house, I dealt with it. it. That was, like, the prime years, too. Because they had Liner and Bush. The Bush Bush. I'll never forget my dad nearly having a goddamn heart attack, screaming at the TV after the Bush Bush happened. I literally thought we were getting ready to call him on how, how red his face was, the way he was screaming at the TV. Um but now as an Oregon fan, like that, this is who I watch all the time. I've been an Oregon fan since eighth grade. I am used to it at this point, just dealing with their bullshit. Like, oh my God, we're the greatest team ever. It's like, you're not, you're, you're in your, you're, you're thinking about the glory. You're like, 
get back to winning shit normally. And I'm like, okay, hey, all right. Now it's time for us to, you know, you know, turn the pages on you, but win shit first and then talk. Like, I, I hate teams that, that just like, oh, yeah, like, uh, anyway, all right, got to keep moving here. Uh, number five on my list, I have the Packers. Uh, they act like they're entitled to everything in the NFL uh, because of a fucking Lombardi trophy is named after their first ever head coach or whatever bullshit. Um, and they just whine a bitch about everything, even though their team makes the playoffs every year and will choke in the first round uh, because they're not good. Aaron Rodgers is overrated. That's that's all I'm going to say. He's a great quarterback. He is. Not the greatest of all time. Um, not the second coming of Jesus like the Packers good fans actually is. Quarterback. Not even. Not even. Um, and the, the reason I say that is literally watch the wild card game or the, the divisional game against San Francisco. And he had one good drive and then he just packed it in for the night. Uh, now, granted, his front office never helps him. And I, I get that. That's really frustrating. Um, but just between them acting like he's the second coming of Jesus and I, I hate him. And the way that all of them are part owners of the team for some bullshit reason, I hate it. <laughs> uh, number four, I have Philly. Philly's down at number four for me. Um, and here's, I don't hate the fans as much as I just hate the city and the sports teams. The sports teams are disgust me nonstop. But the fans, I at least understand a little. They are very passionate and they love their oh, sports yeah, teams to death. And I, I respect that to a degree. It's just they get to the point of annoyance sometimes. And luckily, I don't have to, like, the only time I ever deal with them nonstop is Pittsburgh, the Penguins versus uh, Flyers. Uh, and which, like, isn't to, to even, be fair. Yeah. Well, to be fair, this year, I don't think they had more than 20 fans at any game. Uh, and none of them were <laughs> ever talking online. So it's like they understand when they suck, they kind of just like, Oh shit! Well, we suck. So let's just go root for the. That is the, one thing I have to give Philly when they suck. Like, yeah, and, and they're not. Yeah, they, I, I would even half decent. Oh yeah. boy, that that's the difference between them and Pittsburgh Steelers fans. For me, like you were saying, like Steelers fans nonstop are like, "Hey, we're fine. We're, we're you know this is a team going to the Super Bowl." Um, whereas Philly fans are like, oh, "Shit, we might win four games this year, dude." Um, so that's why I have them before, and I, I I do respect them a little bit. Um, I mean, I wish. For me, it's just the city in general and the sports teams that I, that I hate with a passion. Number three, I have the Cowboys. I don't need to say anything there. Number two, I have the Lakers. Um, even without LeBron there, that, that's just a, a shitty fan base to watch and try and cheer for teams. Um, if Unless they're winning, nobody shows up to those games, but they'll still charge $600 for tickets. Number one, I think will surprise you guys, I have Yankees and Rangers fans, uh, New York Yankees and Rangers fans. Here's why. I'm a Yankees fan through and through. Love that team. I can't fucking stand Yankee fans. I really can't. Like, ooh, 27 rings. We haven't won one since 2009. Shut the fuck up. They're, they're the more obnoxious Patriots fan. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's, and then, like, I, I watch these videos all the time of people at Yankee games, like, losing their shit. And it's like, oh, my God. Like, I, I hate to, to say that I'm a Yankees fan because it's like, I, I have to be associated with that. It's like, God damn, like chill. Like our managers are the dipshit. We need to fire him and like get a competent manager in there. And we might be able to compete for a world series, but we can't run around every year. We've been saying that since 2009. At some point we got to stop saying 27 rings guys. Damn. And Ranger fans. I, I've never seen a more incompetent fucking fan base 
bitching and crying about fucking no calls or calls in a goddamn playoff series. And they're out there taking off our fucking heads. We're like, oh, look. Oh, oh, we're not getting calls. Yeah, well, we're not fucking either. The refs, the refs suck ass through and through. I will not disagree with that. But you, they're running around acting like they, they deserve so much more and all this other shit from the refs. It's like, no, the entire league deserves more. Freaking guys are out there getting decapitated left and right. And the refs are like, oh, I didn't see it. I, I, just the way they fucking cry nonstop. It's just, just shut the fuck up. The refs suck. I agree. I 100% agree with you. Uh, but just, I mean, I, I think more so than anything, the series has just brought it out of me more. It's like they're just so bitchy and whiny about everything. I, I, I can't do it. So that's my top five. Got everything. Got, what got, a way. Got, it, got into it a little bit there. <laughs> that's, that's what the best top fives do. <laughs> top five, seven Honestly, we're gonna teams. The, we're gonna the top five, like, one, one of our top fives eventually is going to be our top five rants. Yeah. And we're just going to play clips of us ranting for 20 yep, minutes yep, about yep, bullshit. Yep. But nonetheless, Dude, we probably uh, have like 20 already. <laughs> yeah, we probably do. Four episodes in on, on video. We're fucking yeah. Seven of them are George's top five worst fan bases. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. I'm so I'm red in the face from being well, so pissed have. off now. All oh. I can imagine is Hannah standing there going like this, fanning them all. <laughs> right. <laughs> She's probably in the bedroom later. Oh my god, he's out there yelling again. We're not even watching hockey. He's out there yelling again. Making a TikTok about it. He probably is again making a TikTok of me making a podcast. Anyway, uh, I think we've taken up enough of the people's times, and this will be a long enough YouTube video. Uh, nonetheless, thank you guys for checking it out. Uh, we will hopefully be back next week before I leave for my honeymoon. Um, thank you guys as always for checking us out. Go check out the social medias, uh, TikTok, Twitter. And Instagram, I keep saying I'm going to keep working on, and I never do. We'll get there. It's okay. Um, like and subscribe. That's something new I got to get used to saying since we're doing this yeah. on YouTube now. Including you, Slade. Have your yeah. whole family watch the YouTube video, and I was the first one to like it. Like the video. Yeah. <laughs> I think we have, like, three subscribers. Like, wow. <laughs> anyway. Uh, <laughs> just us. <laughs> me, me, me and my three personalities. <laughs> yeah. But thank you guys so much for checking us out. Uh, We will see you guys in the next episode. Bye-bye.